Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Amen. How's everyone doing this morning? Those online, how are you guys doing? Let's welcome them online today. Let them know we love them. Thank you for joining us. Come on, if I got that kind of welcome, I think I would jump over to another church online right now. Let's let them know how much we love them. Amen, amen, amen. We love you. Thank you for joining us. You know, there's a, there's a word out there in the hood that you guys are the quiet and conservative service. That you just kind of nod and receive, but you don't really get excited. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't believe that's true. I, I heard that those that are online get a little more excited than those that are actually in the house. So would you prove me wrong and prove their word wrong this morning? Come on, would you just get excited? Amen, amen, amen. Now, 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 I need you to carry that through the whole service, okay? Don't just do it when I ask you to do it. There it is. Thank you, Daniel, okay? At least I got one on my side. I need y'all to, to, to work with me here today because I really believe the word God's given to me, I really believe is for you today. I really do believe that it's for you. Those that are online, I believe that the word God has given to me is for you today. I didn't prepare for a message today. This word has been stirring in my heart. This scripture has been stirring in my heart. It's been doing something to me. And I know if it's done something to me, I pray that it does something to you as well. Because this applies to all of us today. How many of you guys have ever found yourself or find yourself right now being distracted? Come on, you find yourself being distracted. We can see distractions all over the place. You know what? Distractions steal us away from what where our real intent is supposed to be, where our focus is really supposed to be at. Distractions take us away. I want you to stand to your feet and turn to the book of Luke chapter 10. If you got your Bibles, Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38 through 40. This morning, my assignment is to speak on freedom from distractions. Freedom from distractions, and please don't think you know where I'm going because I promise you, you don't know where I'm going with this. But it applies to everything and it applies to everyone because we are all distracted in one way or another. It says, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Let me say that again. Martha was distracted with much serving. Let me say it again. Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you for your word. And I pray that as a result of hearing it, let us never, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, we all shout. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Those online, again, thank you for joining us. But I pray that you would not be distracted in your house. I pray that you would just give me a, a little bit of your time. I don't know how long. I'm not going to put a time limit on myself, but give me a little bit of your time. I believe God wants to speak this morning. It says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. 
You see, it doesn't make sense to be distracted with much serving, but Martha was distracted with much serving. You see, the definition for the word distraction means this. It means that which distracts, divides the attention, or prevents concentration. Right? Right now, some of you guys are hearing me, but you're not hearing me. Because you're worried about, you know, a Twitter post or you're worried about a Facebook post or you're worried about the pot roast that you left in the crock pot at home hoping that pastor doesn't preach too long because you don't know if it's going to overcook or burn on you. We got distractions all over the place. So we concentrate for a moment and we break that concentration and we focus in on something else and then we break that. We never zone in on something. And I pray this morning that you would get away from all the distractions for a moment. And just hear what God wants to speak to you today. Amen? Amen. That which distracts, divides the attention, or prevents concentration. In 2005, Dr. Glenn Wilson at London Institute of Psychiatry found that persistent interruptions and distractions at, at the workplace had a profound effect. And those distracted by emails, phone calls, text messages, or drop ins saw a 10-point drop in their IQ. Those distracted or interrupted in their flow of work found a 10-point drop in their IQ. You know, I was making a little joke of this in, in my study this week because every time I would go to study and I would lock in, one of the staff members would come into my office. And I told him, I said, you're still in 10 points from me right now. And I don't know about you, but I don't got 10 points to give up on my IQ. I'm barely on the scale as it is right now. If I lose 10 points, that means I'm in the negative. I don't got 10 points to give up. But you know what? It's so true. They say it takes about 15 minutes to get back on track in your train of thinking after a distraction. They say within an eight-hour workday, you are distracted at least 60 times. And if you take that and do the math, which I lost 10 points, so I'm not going to try and do the math right now. But if you take that within an eight-hour workday, we are never really concentrating or focused in on one thing because we have so much distractions. Am I speaking to anybody this morning? Those online, am I speaking to anyone this morning? So distractions are not just stealing time away from us. They're actually making us dumber. So if your, your children or your husband or wife just doesn't seem to focus anymore, it's not their fault. Maybe they're distracted and you need to give them time to get 10 points back. So leave them alone for a little while. I'm just joking. It's not just stealing time away from us. But distractions are literally lowering our IQ. When I read that, I laughed. But it's true. We focus in on so many things, especially those of you that call yourself multitaskers. You are not a multitasker because you could only concentrate on one thing at one time. You might disagree with me, but trust me, I'm right because I studied. You see, I don't got 10 points to give up, and I don't think you do either. 
We are so busy with so many things that we can't even allow God to do what he wants to do or destined to do in our life because the moment God begins to speak is the moment that an interruption comes and takes our focus off of that. I don't know about you, have you ever woke up early in the morning to pray and your kids just decide to get up extra early that day? Or you, you go to read your Bible, and as you go to read your Bible, you start getting text messages and phone calls, and people start knocking at the door. No one ever shows up at that time, but this time that you set aside just to get alone with God, distractions start to come in. Or maybe it's date night with your spouse, and you go out to a restaurant. And it just so happens that your friend just happens to be at that restaurant. And so instead of spending a quality time moment with your spouse, all of a sudden you're entertaining another couple. And you set out to do one thing, but all of a sudden it was interrupted and you broke your focus. And as you broke your focus, you lost the reason why you were really supposed to be there. You see, we are distracted by so many things. The top cause for car accidents in the United States is distracted driving, followed by drunk driving. You could see it all over the place. As I commute into work, people are on their phone texting. You can always tell when someone is texting on the phone, because some of you probably do this. You leave this big gap in between you and the other car there, so you know you're not going to rear end them, not thinking that the guys behind you are getting mad because you are going too slow. I could always see it. Man, I know they're texting right now. The funniest one I've seen on the road, though, is I was driving in, and this car was going slow, and it happened to be a Tesla. If you own a Tesla, God bless you. But this lady had it on, like, autopilot or something, and she's putting together these, like, papers, and she's rubber banding them. She's not even driving. She's just doing this thing. And in all honesty, I really wanted to do, like, the pit maneuver on her where I hit her car and knock her off the road, right? Because I was like, lady, you are doing 55 miles an hour in the fast lane. You got all these people behind you, and you don't have a care in the world because you got a Tesla that drives all by itself, right? And I was thinking, man, how distracted is she? How distracted are we as people? We live in a world of constant distractions, Constant distractions. You see, but the problem with distractions is that <clears throat> they don't always look harmful. Distractions don't always look harmful. Those online distractions don't always look harmful. They seem like, man, th this, is, this is not hurting anything at all. You see, what's the harm in checking a text message? There's no harm in checking a text message, or what's the harm in scrolling through social media? There's no harm in scrolling through social media, or actually, what's the harm in answering a phone call? There is no harm in answering a phone call. You see, distractions are never harmful until we see exactly what we've missed out because of them. We don't see the effect of a distraction until we see exactly what we've missed out on because of them. How many of you guys have missed out, and I'm talking to myself and preaching in the mirror this morning, how many of you guys have missed out on time with your children because Facebook just seemed a little more entertaining or, or Instagram or whatever social media platform you use seemed a little more entertaining than watching your child or playing with your child or watching them at practice. You're just there to kind of waste time. No, you are supposed to focus in on the 
goal that little Johnny just made, but you missed it because you liked someone's picture or someone's photo of their kitten was a little more cute. We don't see the harmful thing of distractions until we find out what we missed out on because of them. And this isn't even the, the distractions I'm talking about today. You see, answering a text message is not harmful until you do it when your wife is trying to talk to you. <laughs> answering a phone call is not harmful until you do it while you're driving. That's when it becomes destructive. The Bible says that Martha was distracted by what we would call being hospitality being hospitable. She was distracted in serving Jesus. Isn't that the right thing to do, to serve Jesus? He came over your house. Maybe he wants to eat. And so Martha finds herself busy as Jesus walks into the door. But the Bible says she was distracted in serving. And I think some of us this morning might find ourselves distracted in serving, meaning you might have got good at something God never intended for you to get good at. Come on, you're succeeding in an area that God never called you to succeed at. And so because you're doing that, you've pulled your focus, your purpose away from the very thing that God's called you to do in life. You're supposed to be a great mom or a great dad, but here you are succeeding at work, but home is falling apart. Distractions are stealing things from us, and we don't even see it. Martha was distracted but what, by what many of us call hospitality. What's wrong with being hospitable? Isn't it the right thing to do when someone comes over to your house to have a meal prepared for them? And if they just happen to show up, isn't it right to get into the kitchen and just begin to serve them? You see, that was Martha's thinking, and that's what Martha did. See, but we have to ask ourselves a question. Was Jesus even hungry? I mean, grandmas have this way of sitting you down at the table. You could have just eaten, and you go to their house, and they make you sit down. I think that's why some of us put on extra weight if you've hung around your grandma too much, because she made you eat right after you just ate, and you couldn't say no to her because she was not going to take no for an answer. But the Bible does not say that Jesus was hungry, but Martha just assumed. Don't you know that some assumptions are killing us in life? Martha assumed that Jesus was hungry. And so what she does is she just begins to feed Jesus and begin to serve Jesus and get into the kitchen and cook. And she's pulling something out of the freezer, out of the fridge, because you don't want to serve Jesus leftovers. So she's making something from scratch because they didn't have a Safeway or a Lucky in that time. So she's making something from scratch to serve Jesus because it's the right thing to do. But nowhere in the story do we see that Jesus was hungry. We don't see Jesus asking for food. You don't see Jesus kind of giving the, 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 the international sign of hunger, like holding his stomach. He doesn't walk in. He's not dropping hints like, oh, man, you know, Martha, I heard you make a good pot roast. Oh, Martha, if I just had some of them scrambled eggs. Martha, if I just had some of them enchiladas, you know, I know that I'd be Oh, Mark, oh, oh, you have some. You don't see Jesus asking for food. But Martha assumes because it was customary to feed your guests when they came into your house. It was customary to do that. 
So without even thinking, the Bible says Martha goes into autopilot doing what was customary to do. She just got busy serving. And how many of you have found yourself in that very area? Especially if you are a servant at heart. I'm not talking the kind of person that kicks, screams, and shouts the moment you're asked to help wash the dishes. We all got those people in our family, right? I know some of my children, the moment it's time to do dishes, all of a sudden they have to use the restroom. Or when it's time to clear the table, they just don't feel good at that moment. It's just so funny that after the table's cleared and the dishes are done, then they just show up like they just got healed in the 15 minutes that it took to do the dishes. But then you got some of you, you go over somebody's house and you have to get into the kitchen. You have to help. You feel uncomfortable if you don't do something. Why? Because it's customary for us to do that. And that's what Martha was doing. She was going off of the customs of the day. But what she did not realize is that Jesus didn't come to eat that day. He came to feed. Come on. Jesus didn't come to eat that day. Jesus wasn't asking for a meal. Jesus showed up to feed that day. Jesus showed up to impart into Martha and impart into Mary. Jesus said, you know what, stay out the kitchen because I got a meal for you. Jesus came to feed in that moment. And here Martha thought that Jesus came to eat because it was customary to do that. And some of us are just in autopilot in life. It's customary to do this. And you're missing out on what God has called you to do because you're doing what just is supposed to be done. Why don't we stop doing what's just supposed to be done and begin to hear the voice of God for your own life. Some of you this morning are frustrated because you feel like you don't have a purpose. You feel like, why am I even here? All I do, especially you moms, all I'm doing is I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm serving, I'm doing this. What purpose in that? There's a greater purpose for you, but you're just doing what needs to be done by the customaries of our culture here. And you're missing out sometimes Jesus shows up not to be fed but to feed and Jesus showed up in that moment at Mary and Martha's house not asking for anything but coming to give I wonder how many times we've missed out on what God wants to do in our life because we assume something that is completely opposite of his agenda for the day. You see, the problem that we have with hearing God is that we hear God one time and then we go a long span without hearing God. Do I, can I tell you something? That the relationship he wants to have with you is to hear him from day to day to day because today you might be doing something different than you are tomorrow. You have to have your ear close to the heart of God. It's kind of like Abraham hearing God sacrifice your only son Isaac and he takes Isaac up to the altar, puts him on the altar, raises the knife. If Abraham would have went off the word that he heard before, he would have killed Isaac, but he heard God in that moment where he said, don't kill the boy. Why? Because it's from day to day to day. And I want to let you know, if it's been a while since you've heard God, the instructions might have changed from the last time you've heard him to the moment you're hearing him right now. Amen. 
Because sometimes he shows up to feed and not to be fed. Sometimes he shows up to wash feet and not expect his feet to be washed. But in our thinking, in our understanding of God, we have to serve constantly and constantly and constantly. Can I tell you something? One thing I found out about my relationship with God is this, that if I have nothing to give, then I can't give anything at all. You see, I wish I could give every single one of you a million dollars. How many in here wish they had a million dollars? Don't lie. You can raise your hand in church. It's okay. Well, you know, we're not supposed to want riches like that. It's just a question. Work with me here. You see, my desire is that I wish I could give each and every one of you a million dollars. But how many of you know that my desire to give you a million dollars does not put anything more in your bank account? I don't have a million dollars to give myself, let alone to give you. And sometimes... We have nothing to give because we've gotten nothing. Some of you are depleted. You are operating on fumes. You are operating on pure nothing. Some of you have filled yourself up with the junk of this world. And like in life, you could, you could go out and eat a whole tube of Pringles. And it could satisfy your hunger. But it has no nutritional value to you whatsoever. And sometimes we fill up with stuff that God does not want us to fill up with. So you're full, you don't feel hungry anymore, but there is no nutritional value to that whatsoever. And so you have to get to the place where God says, come to the table and eat. I prepared a meal for you. And if you don't show up there, you have nothing to give. That's why we operate in frustration. We operate feeling like we have no purpose. Because you haven't showed up to the table to eat. And you're trying to serve or pour from an empty cup. And although your heart's in the right place, you got nothing to give. You see, Jesus didn't come to eat, but he came to feed that day. Martha allowed what was culturally correct to distract her from receiving the food that was being served that day. And she's angry. She's angry because Mary is not helping. It seems like Mary is a lazy child. It seems like Mary is a lazy sister. It seems like Mary doesn't give, get, you know, doesn't have a care in the world. She's just sitting at Jesus' feet. But that's the place that Jesus wanted her to be. You see, there's moments that we all have to work hard. But there are moments that he invites us just to sit at his feet and receive. Because if you don't have the moments where you sit at his feet and receive, you can't work hard. You will burn out. You will have nothing to give. You will be pouring from an empty cup and you can't fill anybody, let alone yourself. This morning, I want to challenge you, fill up today. Fill up today because the journey is going to be long. Fill up today. You see... It was a subtle distraction because it doesn't seem like serving Jesus is anything wrong with it. A subtle distraction, but it had a profound impact. And like Martha, many of us are busy doing what seems right to do, yet we're missing out on the feast that Jesus has come to serve. We're missing out on the feast that Jesus 
has come to serve. I don't got time just to be lazy. There's nothing lazy about sitting at his feet. We've equated motion and movement with being fulfilling. Some of y'all go to a job working eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, and you still don't feel fulfilled. Because motion and movement doesn't always equal to fulfillment. But when you sit at his feet and you begin to get in the plan that he has for your life and you begin to get filled up again, it's in that moment, it's in that time, all of a sudden now, you have this refreshing that comes to your soul. Many of us sit here today burnt out. We sit here today feeling unfulfilled. And it's not that you don't have a purpose in life. It's just that you're busy doing things that he hasn't called you to do. So Martha finds herself upset because her sister Mary is not helping her serve. She goes to Jesus and snitches on her sister in front of her sister. Don't you even care, Jesus, that I am left here alone taking care of all this stuff? Doing all this all by myself, Jesus. I got to cook the milk. I got to clean the plates. I got to sweep. I got to give you dessert afterwards. I got to do all this stuff. You know what? I'm missing out. Jesus, I don't even get to spend time with you. I can't even entertain you because I'm busy doing what I think you need at the moment. And Jesus does not correct her or get mad at her for serving. He doesn't get down. Why? Because it's not a bad thing, but it wasn't needed in the moment. You see, what some of you are doing isn't a bad thing, but it's not needed in certain moments. Some of us have to learn how to sit at his feet. We have to learn how to get rejuvenized in his presence. We have to learn to get recalibrated in his presence. You see, I don't believe that Martha was upset because Mary was not helping. But rather because she was desiring what Mary had in that moment, feeling like she couldn't get it. And how many of us find ourselves in that very place, maybe a place of jealousy, where we begin to speak out, not because we're really mad, but we desire what they have. Omaha, can you help me out? Martha desperately wanted to sit at the feet of Jesus. But she didn't because she thought it was culturally correct to serve him. But Jesus wasn't even hungry. She missed out on Jesus that day. And many of you, like Martha, find yourself frustrated. You're serving giving when in all reality, you're really starving. You're in desperate need of a moment with the master. And we feel if I could just serve a little more, maybe that'll bring fulfillment. If I could just take a moment off. So you take a vacation, you come back and you still feel like, still feel empty. 
If I could just have a date night with my spouse, it's going to fix everything. And so you do it and it fixes things temporarily. But you still feel empty. If I could just get these kids to listen. So they listen. But you still feel empty. Because the only place that you could truly get refueled, the only place that you could truly get re-energized is a moment at his feet. It's a moment to sit at the master's feet. And Martha's mad at Mary, not because of what Mary's doing or not doing. She's mad at Mary because she desperately desires what Mary has. And look what Jesus tells her in verse 41 and 42 as I bring this to a close. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. What Jesus was telling her was, Martha, I hear you. I feel you. But I'm not going to stop Mary from doing what she's doing. But what I am going to do, Martha, is I'm going to invite you to do what she's doing. Some of you this morning need to let down your hair, kick off your shoes, and just come and sit at the master's feet and get filled up again. Get rejuvenized again. Fall in love with him all over again. Because that's what Martha desperately needed. She was serving food, but she was starving in her soul. And I wonder how many of you today are starving in your soul. You are giving and you are going and you are giving and you are going and you're giving and you're going and you show up and you sit there and ask yourself, why am I even doing this? You've lost the purpose for God's plan for your life. You've lost it. It's got somewhere lost in the midst of serving and doing stuff. It doesn't look bad until you see what you've missed out you've missed out on because of your busyness, what you've missed out on because of your distractions that have pulled you away from being who God has truly called you to be. Can I submit to you this morning and suggest to you today to stop doing it and expecting God to bless what you're doing and just sit at his feet until he tells you what to do. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning. You see, this is where I found myself lately. Very easy to get caught up just doing. Doing what seems right. But missing out on the opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus. You see, that opportunity doesn't come all the time. But when it does show up, you can't miss it. When it does show up, you can't miss it. You're here right now, and maybe you've never accepted Christ into your life as your personal Lord and Savior. Or maybe you have, and you are far away from God right now. 
you are far in your, in your walk with God and you would say, Pastor Nick, I just need to return to him today. I need to get things right with God today. Those online as well, you need to get your life right with God this morning. If that's you here in the building, I'm going to ask if that's you, just by a showing of hands, you need to get your life right with God or accept Him for the first time. If that's you, I want you just to raise up your hand. I want to pray with you, first of all, for that, for salvation. Anyone at all? Amen. Amen. Anyone else? I know there's more in the building. Amen. 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 Those online, if you, if you want to accept Christ, I'm going to ask you to do this. Just put there in the chat, um, put alive in the chat there, and someone will, will connect with you. But I want to lead you in a prayer that will allow you to receive Christ into your life. In a moment here, I'll lead you all in that prayer. Secondly is this. You are here today. And you are that very person. You are Martha. You are busy doing everything in life. You're here. You're there. And today you would say, Pastor Nick, I just need to sit at his feet because I feel empty. feel like I got nothing else to give. I'm depleted. I'm a mom and I don't know my purpose anymore. I'm a dad and I'm going to work every single day. And I feel empty going and coming. I've, I feel like I've lost it. And today, instead of feeding and serving today, you need to eat. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask that you would just stand to your feet right where you're at. You need to be filled today. Stand to your feet. You feel empty right now. Go ahead and just stand to your feet. If that's you this morning, those online, let us know. Hey, you know what? Fill me up. Put that in the chat right now. Fill me up. I want to pray with you as well. Anyone else? You feel depleted. You feel like you don't have purpose any longer. Come on, I know there's more here. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. The only way to get filled up is that you have to actually leave where you're at and come to his feet. Listen, if you raise your hand for salvation or you raise your hand to be filled again, just to be at his feet, I want to invite you up to the altars. Go ahead and make your way up. We're going to pray with you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Those online as well, I want to lead you in a prayer. Just come on up to the altar. We want to pray with you right now. For some of you, you're like, passionate. I don't even know what the heck you're talking about. Sitting at his feet. It's where you begin to allow him to minister to you. Instead of trying to impress him. Instead of serving him. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.